You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 247. In this episode, I'm talking to Lisa Carpenter about how to stop to push your way to success. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Lisa Carpenter helps high-achieving entrepreneurs own their personal power and establish value-based boundaries. Lisa is also the author of Let's Eat, a book for women who are sick of the guilt and shame of eating. In this episode, we talk about how to achieve success without pushing through. Go to signal.com forward slash 247 and there you find links to Lisa and her offers plus the show notes of this episode. I'm so excited to be here with Lisa Carpenter. And the funny thing is we were connected through a common friend, Nicole Holland. Turned out we've been Facebook friends for years and I was a little bit embarrassed. We didn't even have had this conversation before. So thank you for coming on the show, Lisa. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's such a pleasure to finally connect with you kind of in real life. And I'm really excited to have this conversation. And thank you so much for sharing me with your audience. I know this is going to be a really relevant topic for them. Yes. So we connected uh, through uh, a course we did years ago. And then it's been great to see that you reconnect once people kind of take off and go a different direction. Suddenly you're on each other's podcasts and, uh, and you have something in common, though, because you have uh, been on that journey when maybe people didn't even have a business yet. Yet, exactly. And just, you know, I know that I've watched your rise. I watched your TED talk. I've watched your business explode. So it's been, it's like a full circle moment to be sitting here now chatting with you. And it's very cool. You know, the internet really does allow us to connect with people that we'd never connect with. And you just never know when you're going to meet those people in person. And some of the friends that I've made online have become really powerful and influential people in my life and dear friends and supporters. So we always get directed to the right people at the right time. We do. There are no coincidences. So let's see where this leads to. I'm truly excited about this topic. And before we dive into the exact topics, I always like to go back and say, okay, how do you come to this place? But yeah, we have spilled the beans already. If people are listening to this episode, <laughs> I always give them a good title. So uh, it's no surprise that we are going to be talking about stopping pushing with success. And before we go to that point, go back. And why did you start to be interested in this topic? And why do you do this as a business today? Oh my goodness. My story is long and involved, so I will try and nutshell it as best I can for you. I had been a personal trainer, a nutritionist for a very, very long time. I'd grown programs around that. My business moved online about four years ago, but 
six and a half, almost seven years ago now was when my life was kind of pulled out from under me. And that was when I found out that my husband was an active addict and off he went to rehab. And I was left with my preteen sons and my six month old baby going, what just happened here? And it was really one of those come to Jesus moments, so to speak, where I could be really angry and resentful and blame and be a victim, or I could lean in and see what was available to me. And I wanted my relationship to be successful. I wanted my family to be together. And it really came from that energy of trying to save my family. And I very quickly learned that it was not about saving my family. It was about realizing how much of my own garbage <laughs> I was swimming in the things that I was kind of addicted to myself and how I could start to unpack who I thought I was so I could be who I am today, which is really who I really am without all the, you know, layers of garbage. So that was really kind of in a nutshell what happened. And what it allowed me to do was really look at my behaviors, things like control, caretaking, being busy all the time, pushing, driving, striving, all the energies around me that I was using to either mask what I was feeling or trying to feel the way I wanted to feel. But I didn't even, it was all at an unconscious level. So that's why I'm so passionate about this now because I see women pushing so hard in their lives and they don't even understand what's really driving them. Mm. So you went first to their experience yourself and that made you interested in helping other women going through something similar? Yeah, it was a really full circle moment in terms of what I taught around nutrition because so many women think that if they just right, eat the right foods and exercise enough, they'll get what they want. But the truth is it's not about the food. Food is just another numbing behavior. It's what drives our eating behaviors that's the problem. And the same is true in business. You can have all the funnels, all the strategies, all the systems, but if you're not right from the inside out, you're still not actually going to achieve the success, fulfillment, peace, and ease that you're looking for. So that work really allowed me to see kind of the bird's eye view of what was really happening for me and what was really happening for my clients. So people come to me for a variety of different reasons, the least of which now is nutrition, even though that's still in my wheelhouse. Yeah. So what happened with your story? How did you come out on the other end? That's a great question. So how did I come out the other end? Well, the truth is there is no other end. I'm still a work in progress, as is everybody. And I think that that's one thing we all need to realize. We're not broken. We don't need fixing. And working on ourselves, the relationship that we have with ourselves is the most important relationship we'll have in our entire lives. And it's the one that we need to put the most attention on but we put the least attention on. Most women I know, business, family, friends, yada, 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 and they're kind of like they slide in at the bottom of the pile. So, you know, my husband has now been in recovery for almost seven years. We have a very deep and connected relationship. We are, you know, we're like a set of unicorns because the truth is most people who go through addiction, the relationships don't survive because people look at the addict, air quotes, as the one with the problem. And they never actually look at themselves as how am I part of this problem? What drew me to this energy, right? So we're both in a very healthy relationship because he does his work and I've continued to do mine. And of course, you know, now I support other women going through similar things. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That's inspiring. So uh, we are here to talk about women who have a business and their focus is on business. And this insight of there's a lot of stuff going on with me comes often very late when something breaks down. Well, here's the thing. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, wow, I think I'm going to deal with my own personal crap today. Like nobody says that ever. And I joke about it in my business because quite often I collaborate and partner with business coaches because when we're growing a business, we don't think, oh, I need to spend money and work on myself. We think I need the business coach. I need the strategist. And yes, we need those things, right? It's like you can't lose weight by eating donuts all day long. You do need to have the strategies. But Something needs to click for people as to why they need to start looking at themselves and what is really going on for them. And yes, it usually, you know, I'd love to say that I can help people find out what that problem is before they're ready, but something has to happen in their lives for them to kind of wake up and go, oh, oh, that's me, right? So what I look for in my clients a lot, and your listeners will probably relate to this, this striving energy, this next, right? We set a bar, we set a goal, we love it, we're driven, we're ambitious, we're achievers. We get to the bar and then we move the bar. And we get close to the bar and then we move the bar. Like that's something to look at. Control. How tightly are you holding on to everything in your business, right? That signifies that there's something more going on for you. Constantly looking for approval or not doing things because you're afraid, will people like this? Will this be good enough? Perfectionism, like that was my jam. The difference between excellence and perfectionism. Perfectionism is all about what will they think? Will this be good enough? And excellence is, do I think this is good enough? Am I happy with the effort I put into it? This is for me and about me. Those are kind of some of the warning signs that your listeners might want to look for in themselves if they're running their business because no amount of, like I said, doing the things will create what we actually want in our businesses if we don't look at ourselves. So people might be seeing some warning signals, but perfectionism, it's kind of an accepted part of a lot of, I would say, female entrepreneurship. I think it's a problem women struggle with more than men. I know this just because my also my husband works with me in my business and I'm 90, 95%, you know, and then it's good enough. I, I try not to do it perfect. Actually, I really try not to do it perfect. But my husband is like 80, 20 and then I'm like, ah, this is not good enough. And so it seems to be a bigger problem for women, but maybe it's not big enough to see they have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, perfectionism, it's where is it holding you back if you're not taking action because something isn't perfect enough? I mean, I used to spend, I look back on it now, I used to spend hours like on a font, a font and the spacing of the font. And is this font good? I don't even think people remember the PDF that that font was on, right? Yeah. So it was literally choking the life out of me. And what it was doing was really masking this belief that I really wasn't good enough. That's what perfection is all about, is that we fundamentally at a subconscious level don't believe we're good enough. And this is what I want people to understand is that our subconscious beliefs create our thoughts, our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions create our actions and our actions create our results. So 
if we're not seeing the results we want, we have to go deeper and say like, why am I spending so much time trying to make this perfect? And what does perfect mean to me? And what is the difference for me between perfectionism and excellence? I mean, I used to even use my appearance as a way of keeping people at bay, right? If I looked a certain way, that was like my armor. Women won't talk to me, which was great because I was afraid of women. And nobody would see how insecure I was if I presented the pretty package, right? So I had to really lean into that and say, okay, when I walk into a room and I don't know anybody, I can't use that to hide. I need to lean into conversations. I need to go introduce myself to people. I need to take down that wall and let people see who I really am. And I pay very close attention to it now. You know, if I'm doing speaking or I'm doing an interview, if I'm in the bathroom for 20 minutes brushing my hair, there's nothing wrong with my hair. I'm just nervous. So perfectionism, it really is a tool that allows us to check in and say, how am I really feeling? And what am I trying to move away from instead of be with? It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to feel insecure. But until we actually start acknowledging those things in ourselves, we're going to be held prisoner to our behaviors, which is really going to keep us from the success we want. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. But I still wonder what needs to happen. Because yeah, as you said, nobody wakes up in the morning thinking, oh, I'll work on myself today. No, they think about Facebook ads and funnels and the next copy for the next launch. But what needs to happen? One day you are just not interested in your business anymore, even if it was your passion? I love that you went from like, if I get rid of this, then I'm not going to be interested in my business anymore. This is really important we, because we are so attached to these behaviors and we've made them mean like these things are here and they've created the success that I have. I can't let go of this behavior because that means I'm going to tank my business. But these behaviors have worked until they no longer work right? So all I ask people to do is start to be aware, start to be curious about how you're showing up in your business. It's not about saying, well, I'm no longer going to care about the quality that I put out. I didn't say don't strive for excellence. I said, let go of perfectionism. And there's a really big difference. But until we get out of our heads and get into our hearts and actually allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling, and stop trying to numb it or move away from it, we're going to be prisoners in our business. And like I said, who wants to not feel fulfilled in their life and their business? Like, what is the reason that you want success anyways? Right? We're all wanting to feel something. Yeah. We can allow ourselves to feel that now. And if the business is uh, somehow not fulfilling anymore, people look for solutions. And then they find someone like you. What, what is the path then you take them on? every single person is unique. Every single person is unique. So when they come to me, we really look at what's going on in their business, what's going on in their life, because here's the thing, our lives and our business aren't separate. If you are a solo entrepreneur, even if you're running a team, you are the most important thing in your business. But are you actually showing up as that in your life, in your business? So I was recently at a summit and we did a really awesome exercise that was very eye-opening to me for the work I do. Because like I said, people don't wake up and go, oh my God, I need you, Lisa. And it's in actually Mike Michalowicz's new book, Clockwork. He talks about the QBR, which is the queen bee role. We are all the queen bee in our business. 
right? So we had to write out six activities and you can go into the book and check out this exercise because it's very powerful. We had to write out six activities that move the needle forward in our business with the queen bee role being the most important thing that we need to take care of, right? That one thing in our business that is going to move the needle. So I'm writing out my six things. And as I'm writing out my six things that are the most important activities in my business, I'm including things like rest, exercise, healthy eating, right? Because if I break down, I don't have a business. And all of a sudden I had this light bulb moment. And after we were finished the exercise, I went around and I asked all the ladies in the room because these were all high performing six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs. Did you write one single thing down that had to do with you and your business? And maybe five out of 40 women had actually written down something to do with them on their paper. Now I'm not saying that that's the, you know, rest is the number one thing you need to move the business, move the needle in your business. For some of us it is. But the fact is that none of them, even though they are the queen bee in their business, most of them did not actually identify with taking care of themselves. And until we learn to matter in our lives and in our businesses, we're going to be missing that thing that we truly want. I would put sleep. I yes. love sleep. So I guess rest. <laughs> right. You would put rest, which is great. But in the moment, if you were totally dialed into thinking about your business, would you actually think about you and your self-care? And what I say is like self-care isn't about going getting another pedicure, ladies. Like, yes, you can go get a pedicure, but self-care is about actually mattering making time for ourselves, not making our business our everything. Like, are we pouring as much into ourselves and our own development as we are into our business? Because who you are is going to attract the success that you want, right? If you want to make more money, who you're being is going to attract that, not what you're doing. This is where we get it flipped around. We work on all the outside things instead of really saying, I need to work on some of the inside things. And having trust and faith that our business will flourish from that because we've been so programmed that doing the things is what creates success. Yeah. Busy work. Yeah. You have to have the doing and the being. So I talk about the energy behind the doing, right? If you're constantly in that like hustle, busy, you're probably feeling anxiety all the time and you don't even know it. I didn't know it. I was so in my head. I had no idea what was going on for me emotionally. Yeah, now I can show up and I can do hard things with ease. I can write copy with ease. I can enjoy the process. In fact, I can be more committed now to the process than I am to the results. Why do you think women kind of land on this treadmill of doing, being? Like, is it self-worth or? It always comes back to self-worth. And this is for each individual to unpack, right? Women are phenomenal creatures. We really are. We're going to change the world. I truly believe that. But we have to start owning our worth and owning our value. And from a young age, you know, we start to look around. We compare ourselves to other women. We compare ourselves to men. We look at the things we want. We, we start to judge the things that make us amazing. And we start to, you know, like I said, take on all these behaviors that really disconnect us from ourselves. So this is what needs to happen. Like we need to start looking at this stuff so that we can move forward and we need to start claiming our worthiness. And I know for me that this is what the journey has been. I didn't realize how low my self-worth was. 
I didn't realize how much that was impacting my business. I didn't realize that that was the very thing drawing unhealthy relationships into my life because I was so willing to make sure everybody else felt loved and taken care of. But I refused to look at the fact that I wasn't loving and taking care of myself. And again, this was all on an unconscious level. We don't know what we don't know until we know it. And then when the lights are flicked on because something happens in your life or you decide that, you know what, I want to learn more about me, nothing is going to change. But when it changes, like this has changed my life. It's changed my business. It's changed my relationships. It's changed how I parent it's changed everything for me. So it was the biggest like crap sandwich I was ever handed, right? Because who wants to go through addiction and addiction recovery? It just like it still blows my mind. But it was such a gift to me because I looked at it as being a gift, not in the moment. <laughs> Took a while before I saw it as a gift. Yes. But it really did become a gift. So whatever you're struggling with in your business, wherever you're seeing resistance in your life, maybe it's how you're parenting your kids or the relationship with your husband, or like I said, like stuff in your business that just, it never seems to come together and you're blaming other people all the time. That is your light bulb. Like look at your stuff, stop avoiding the work that you really need to do and lean into it because the life that's available to you on the other side of that, tremendous. Mm. I like that you said blaming because this is a cue word that I see when people are pushing hard and they're not having the results that they expect to have. They see others possibly having them so easily and they think, well, if I just lean in, do more, do more, do more, I'll have that too. But it's still not going to happen for them. No, because we can't, one, as soon as we start measuring against ourselves against someone else, there's a problem. As soon as we start blaming circumstances, we're playing a victim. And nobody is a victim. And until people show up and take 100% responsibility for their thoughts, their actions, and their beliefs, and who they are being in this world, nothing will change in their business. I know. I've tried. I've pushed. I've bought all the courses. I've spent all the money. I did all the things, right? So we talked about that first course that you and I were in together. That was the first course that started to spin me out in my business because I was like, oh my God, I need an opt-in bar. I don't have an opt-in bar. I started to question everything. I stopped listening to my intuition. I started to try to get it right. And the ironic thing is, you know, I've done courses. I've done, I've done all those things. I spent thousands of dollars when I came home to myself and said, you know what I do and where I lead from is connection, I don't need all the fancy stuff. I'm not even interested in scaling my business in terms of courses or products right now. I take people deep one-to-one. -one. That's at the heart of who I am. So who cares what anybody else is doing or what they say I should do? This is what fills me up. This is what lights me up. And that's what's important to me in my life, that I feel great and fulfilled every single day. So you can't get it right, you can't get it wrong, but you have to take responsibility for how you're showing up. Do you think that increases your self-worth once you've taken that full responsibility? Is that the consequence? 100%. Self-worth is actually what you believe to be true about you. Mm-hmm right? Self-worth is grounded in all the things that you believe to be true. So if I'm fully responsible for everything, then yes. automatically I'll feel good about myself. You start to, yeah, because you release that victim mentality. 
So you start to take responsibility for how you're showing up in your relationships. You start to take responsibility for the meaning you're putting on things. Like, oh, my launch didn't go well. Are you going to make it mean something about you? Or is it just going to be that your launch didn't go well? Yeah. Right? Like, guess what? You'll get to do another one because business... (laughs) (laughs) is never done, right? Like there's no finish line. So we take responsibility for no longer making things mean something. Like if someone cuts you off in traffic, what do you want to make it mean? Maybe their wife is having a baby and they're trying to get to the hospital on time and they're not just trying to be a jerk, right? Maybe somebody sends you an email that you don't like. What are you making it mean about you? What if it's not about you? So we get to be the powerful creators of our lives. And when we really understand that by taking full responsibility for who we're being, everything changes. We can create whatever we want. And it's scary because it means letting go of what will they think? Like, what if they don't like me? What if I don't get their approval? And oh my God, I have to say no to her and that's going to make me feel horrible. It forces us when we're being 100% responsible to acknowledge how we're feeling. It forces us to stop numbing out our lives and be present. And this is why I talk about full frontal living. Full frontal living is about allowing ourselves to strip down naked to our emotions and be present to them, not let them rule our lives, but actually go, wow, I'm feeling anxious today. What's going on for me? Mm. To ask yourself what's going on. And if you don't have the answer, getting some help. Yes. Right. Like saying, oh, I'm feeling anxious today or I'm feeling nervous today. Well, of course I'm feeling nervous today. I'm doing a podcast interview. I always (laughs) get nervous before I do interviews, even though I trust myself. Right. Or I'm feeling anxious about this launch. Okay, well, what is here for me? If I ask that question from a place of curiosity instead of judgment, okay, well, have I attached myself to the outcome? Am I worried about what people are going to think? Right? Like there's a whole lot of information available to us when we start asking ourselves better questions and our emotions guide us to what those questions can be. But quite often we feel a certain way and we're like, oh, I don't like this. I'm feeling anxious. What do I need to do to get away from this? I'll just work more or I'll go, you know, I'll go run further. I'll go exercise more. I'll eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's. When we stay present to how we're feeling, that's when we can really start to unpack and discover such cool things about us. And like I said at the beginning, you're going to be in a relationship with yourself till the day you die make it the best one. Like be your best friend. You ask your partner every day, probably how he's feeling. What's going on for you, honey? Can I support you? When was the last time you asked yourself that? We don't. No, we don't. We skip over ourselves. So again, that most important relationship in your life, making sure you matter to you, getting out of your analytical brain, allowing your feeling brain to take the wheel a little bit, letting go of the doer and the achiever. And I'm all for doing and achieving. I am still very, very ambitious. But I also let myself be present in my life because I didn't get any fulfillment from the doing all the time. Continue to erode my self-worth instead of fill it up. Yeah. That is such a powerful lesson in taking responsibility. Thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing this. I know this is going to be a show that people talk about. We're going to link to your website in the show notes, of course, how people can get in touch with you. And I have the feeling that we will connect again soon in some ways or see each other. Now we're on video over the internet. I'm in Switzerland and you're in the United States. So No, I'm in Canada. Oh, you're in I'm Canada. In I'm sorry. I'm Canadian, yes. which yeah, is yeah, yeah. better, right? That's much better. <laughs> 
well, I'm sorry for anyone else uh, from the United States, but my uh, my online business manager is from Canada. So he's been with me for three years and I used to have a coach in Canada. So yes, I had actually, Amazing. I knew that you were from Canada, right. but now, you know, Maybe I'm a little bit nervous too. And then you say something wrong on a podcast and that's fine. It doesn't matter. And look at all and the doesn't matter. And I'm still going to sleep tonight. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like let it, where can we let go? Where can we surrender? And what I'll do for you is for your listeners over at lisacarpenter.ca forward slash Sigrun. I'll put a special link for your listeners. I'll attach a PDF that I did in regards to adrenal fatigue because <laughs> usually what happens to driven, ambitious, overachieving women is that big warning bell or that thing going on in our life that we're like, oh, I need to pay attention, our physical body will tell us. That's usually what happens for women, right? They get to that place of burnout. So I put together a PDF about adrenal fatigue, the warning signs. It's just informational. Put it up just for your listeners. You don't even have to opt in to download it, but go over, grab it, read it, know the signs and just really I encourage everybody to just step back and really say like am I really showing up for myself can I take better care of myself today whatever that looks like take a break thank you so much for that Lisa and I'll see you soon somewhere sounds good thank you go to sigrun.com forward slash 247 and there you'll find links to Lisa and her offerings plus the show notes of this episode Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.